Thank you for joining us for Love That VoiceOver. In-depth interviews unveiling the personality and projects behind the mic with none other than your chic geek, perfectly different host, Love That Rebecca. This episode picks up on part two of our interview with Mr. J.S. Gilbert. Let's follow along your career, yeah. and let's move into now the video gaming career. Okay. Well, the, the start was, again, very organic. Right. I was a gamer. I was an early gamer. I played uh, Atari console games, the Commodore 64s, and I belonged to SIG, special interest groups, where we would meet once, once a month or sometimes twice a month. And uh, the the different manufacturers that were making software and products would come and talk about things, and you know we we would we would discuss uh, all these aspects of the gaming machines. And I wrote a a, 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 a program in early Basic to help me keep track of um, my database, and another one called Smart Typewriter. So I was really kind of into that world, um, but I also was still kind of a funny guy, and. Um, I got to meet people who worked at both Atari and Commodore and then later on um, at Sega. Hmm. And what I... But you were helping them develop part of the games, but what, what, how did it bridge into audio and voice? Right. So what happened was, is that in the, <clears throat> in the games, it, it started actually with me going down there and beta testing software or... They would have various products that they were coming out with, like pen plotters and things like that. As a gamer, you were testing things. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was working with different products and things like that. And then they kind of discovered that I did all these funny voices and, you know, could act. Because you were playing the game and just joking around casually. With all the guys there, you right. know, hanging. And you were just entertaining them like you used to when you were a kid in your own way, making voices. Yeah. and 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 then... Then they, they started looking at, you know, how they were introducing audio into the games. And, of course, it all started out with, you know, plinka, plinka, plinka. Um, <laughs> but then as it kind of moved into, you know, how are we going to get voice in here, they were working on developing uh, what are called codecs. That's just ways of, uh, you know, you, you don't have a ton of room on these early diskettes to, to hold material. So mm -hmm. how do we you know, squish down that voice and put it on this disc and, and introduce it into the games. And so as they were developing these things, they would have me read and do different voices and so forth. And, oh, we're losing S's, we're losing F's, and how do we do that? And so I was sort of the, the voice guinea pig, uh, some of that early stuff, and, um, and got to know them. And then as that moved into actual game work, you know, they would ask me to come in and, and do the games. And yeah, so the early the early stuff, um, you know, when they would bring me in and, and ask me to do some voice work or whatever, they they were paying me off with like products. Got it. They would give me software. They would give me, um, you know, a new printer or whatever it was. At one point, I had like all everything you could own for the Atari twenty six hundred game console. <laughs> I had every single thing. Wire, you know, early wireless stuff and a pen plotter and uh, three or four different kinds of printers. And I, I just I had everything you could imagine for that because that's that's how they were paying me off so you were really stoked you were happy oh yeah it was great now the gaming industry itself is actually developing in in, in audio and realizing that besides sound effects you know now maybe some voice action gets involved right and then it becomes dialogue yeah. and then it becomes more and more and more right uh, you know, what's going on for me at this time is uh, voiceover is getting to be a little bit more of my world. I'm 
I'm uh, I'm actually contacting companies and getting to do some some different things. I, I, I at, at this point I've done some work on a couple of documentaries. I've done commercial work. Um, I've done corporate work, some narration. I've done a couple of books on tape. So all these things have been done, basically just you know um, uh, marketing myself. Um, and I still had not uh, obtained an agent at this point. I, uh, in fact, I don't even think at this point I really didn't even have a demo. Quite frankly, interesting. Uh, you really I fell had, into uh, it organically, as you said. Yeah. So it was, and 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 people who are listening now, who um, you know, just kind of maybe have have got the last few years to relate to in terms of voiceover. This was a time when. Uh, if you if you were auditioning, you generally went to either the ad agency or the client, or you went right. somewhere and they would they would hook up a tape recorder and and you would just read into it. Um, I knew the questions to ask of the person who was there with me running the tape recorder. I would find out if they were the writer or the producer, or how they how they saw me in or, or the voice talent relating to the work. So um, I was very lucky at at that point. And and again, you, you know, the competition wasn't something that we 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 had worldwide or even statewide most of the people that i would be competing against were in my neck of the woods and at the same time the advertising industry san francisco became very very heavy with advertising um that's right we, boutique and everybody all the clients wanted to come here and make their ads and then go to wine country for the weekend and right. stay at bed and break, breakfast so we became the place to go and a lot of the emphasis had shifted away from los angeles chicago and new york and san francisco was now like getting real big for its bridges was it really becoming a hub yeah, yeah at one point i think like right now we really have maybe about 10 professional recording studios in san francisco that focus on voiceover, um, uh, you know, or dialogue recording heavily. And I would say, you know, back then there might've been a hundred. Yeah. Wow. And we're talking, are we talking the mid nineties rough or somewhere in the nineties now? Are we? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We're talking the nineties. So, so, so I had this going for me. Then we had the gaming world kind of coming up and all of a sudden a, pub a publication comes out called the Bay area guide to interactive uh, something or other, I can't remember what it was. And I picked this thing up and I would just call people out of it and say, Hey, are you interested in somebody who understands interactive audio for, um, for video games and things like that? And literally people would say, when can you get here? Wow. It was, it was again, just, right place, right time, right place, right time. Every single kitchen table in the Bay Area, it seems, had a few people working on some sort of interactive project. That's what they were called back then. <laughs> um, so interactive projects. Now it seems like it, the status quo, and then it was really new. Yeah. And so people didn't understand how to write for these things because you had all, you know, what the player might do would cause, you know, something new to happen. And, but you had to have continuity. Right. And uh, the other thing too, at the time, uh, the audio that was being recorded had to be concatenated. So and that I, I saw that term and I don't know what the heck that means. You want to tell so us all? Concatenation, when you call up the operator and they say, uh, the number you have reached six, eight, five. Uh huh. So it just means that you can put these words together or, you know. Oh, okay. Stitch them together. So I would go in uh, for Dark Wizard, for example. It was Wizard, pick up the book but 
and then they could use the first part and the end part and the middle part separately. So instead of wizard, pick up the book, it could be wizard, pick up the scepter, or it could be um, demon, pick up the book. Mm. So you had to say it so that it would make it would make sense when they concatenated when they uh, would put the words together. And 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 one of the early football games, we had to do that. You had to say the players' names so that they would sound okay at the beginning, middle, or end of a sentence. It's not done much anymore. Um, it's done a little bit still in um, IVR, interactive voice. Right. That's where I'm familiar uh, with it from. For, for voicemail systems. So you call a bank and they're giving you your balance. You currently have 3,600. <laughs> do you do that still? Dollars. Your voice sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> now I want to talk to you about video game voiceover work that you're doing more recently, because there's a character that's kind of scary. His name is Marcus Kane, but everybody refers to him as Sweet Tooth for the... Some call him Needles Kane, oh, too. Excuse me, Needles Kane. That's correct. That was my, my error. No, no, he's Marcus. Oh, okay. I've seen it both, and I thought that I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. And then and that's for PlayStation 3 Twisted Metal series of car combat games, yeah. which is a fascinating game. And you called it, I quote you, your crown jewel. Why? Well, um, and you have a plane. Just, Wait, what's that in the background? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the crop dusters coming in here. Uh, <laughs> uh, voiceover ain't what it used to be. And I've had to plant some corn out back. <laughs> so they're doing a little crop dusting right there now. And <laughs> No, it's uh, we're sitting in the live room. I I didn't really want to sit in my booth, even though it's it's not bad. It's like six by nine, but still, um, my main room is like forty uh, four hundred square feet, so it's uh, it's nice and big, and and it opens up on a patio, and I have a hot tub right in back of me. Oh, so uh, it's a great, windows are open, place. and you yeah. can hear planes flying by. So you're calling Sweet Tooth uh, Needles Marcus Kane your crown jewel? Yeah, it's just um. The funny thing about it was after I did the character, um, I started getting fan mail <laughs> and um, and fan emails. And I have to say that was 12 years ago. Wow. And I doubt a month goes by that I don't get an email from somebody where they say, oh, are you the J.S. Gilbert that did the voice of Sweet Tooth? He's my favorite. And did it. Or when I talk to people and I say, they say, well, what games were you in? Well, I was both the bad guy and the good guy in the original Toshinden and Tekken. And I was this. And, and then they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And I was also, do, do you know Twisted Metal Black? I was Sweet Tooth. And they're like, Sweet Tooth? <laughs> so um, it just seems to be like, you know, kind of the defining role, if you will. I um see. And it's it's really funny because uh, David Jaffe, I, I kind of uh, reunited with him a few years ago online and Facebook. Oh. And, um, you know, and I kind of, I, I feel... For those who don't know, he's the game designer and he also directs the talent. Yeah, he and, and, and uh, uh, well, Keith Farley also was a director on it too. Okay. So... Um, uh, but you reconnected with David Jaffe on Facebook. Of yeah, place. yeah. So, um, yeah, I just sent a message to him on Facebook and I said, um, you know, something along the lines of, I don't know if you know who I am, but I was the voice for Sweet Tooth. I also was Axel and, and, and No Face. I did like four or five characters in that game. And, um, and I said, it, it sure would be nice to be able to read for like God of War or something like that. 
And then he sent me an email back and he said, well, um, uh, I am so glad that you got in touch with me. We're actually working on uh, doing a, a new Twisted Metal. And, I, you know, that, how would you like to be Sweet Tooth again? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so what was it like to be this character? I mean, can you and then you've already done this new thing. You just can't really talk about it. Is that right? Um, you know, yeah, to, to, to a certain extent, I can I can talk a little bit about it. I, I mean, I can talk a little bit about the process and so forth. Well, let's talk there's, about there's the a, character development. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of video of it online, and, and David lets out stuff all the time. And the game should be out pretty soon. But, you know, uh, I have to just be a little careful, a little guarded about what I say. Okay. Well, I would like to know how you or he or how you both defined Sweet Tooth, how you came up. I, you let me let me give you some help with my question. You said okay. in the reprise of Sweet Tooth, and then there was also the origination of Sweet Tooth. You said that he had, okay. he had a quiet way of being menacing, and that to you, Sweet Tooth was more of a tortured artist than anything else. Yeah. So when I originally went in to do the Sweet Tooth voice, um, this was you know this was a, a a franchise that was doing well. But I, I would say that the level of direction that I got was more, you know, uh, reliant upon me as the actor doing an interpretation. Okay. Um, maybe there was less at stake. You know, that the, the, there were simpler times. Games cost less to produce. There were less, whatever it was. Mm. And so my kind of interpretation of getting all this backstory on him was the same as as when you go about doing a, a, a quote unquote, an evil character, the worst thing that you can do is say to yourself, oh, I'm evil because evil characters never think they're evil. They think that they are completely and 100 uh, percent in the right. They are saving the world. Everything they do makes sense. And that's the rationale. Right. So they're you, justified in evil. their behavior. Totally justified. So he was justified, but he was he was insane. And so I played the character, uh, what I felt uh, rather multidimensionally. His voice had a lot of fluctuation, and it it really went um, it went in a lot of different directions. And there was at times a playfulness, and so on and so forth. So we uh, we started work on the uh, on the project, uh, uh, like I say, almost a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. with doing some preliminary stuff, uh, just teasers and things like that. And what it became clear was, was that the new game, the new direction they wanted him to go in was that he was, you know, whatever, many years later or something like that. He was just extremely dark right now. Mm. So I would say where he's at right now is like just super unbelievably scary. Oh, well, the, the visual elements that I have seen in the trailer that's out right now is really scary really yeah. scary. I, I watched some video of how the game is played, some footage of a gamer, and then, you know, you see what the gamer right. did and how that game go goes. And this is p basically a vehicle that is driven by this character, but the vehicle has this head on it. And the whole style is this clown with a flaming head and dark, 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 scary clown, the like worst nightmare scary clown. With, yeah. with flaming head to, to boot. Clowns are scary enough without flaming heads. <laughs> exactly. But this guy, yeah, even more so. And I've also and seen some live action uh, elements put together of this guy. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious, you know, how did you voice him? What, what Were there dialogue lines? Were there just action 
moments? I mean, I know that they have certain scenes that get developed for games, but can you elaborate a little bit on? Yeah. So there's um there's a bunch of scenes that are the videos, uh, you know, where where the story kind of moves along in a linear sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is what's going to happen, and it doesn't relate a whole lot to necessarily game. You know, what the game gamer is doing, right? Um, and uh, those, uh, you know, those those uh, the the videos were were fairly fleshed out. Um, before I got to, you know, come in and do my VO. So it, 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 it partially had a, a, a sense of meeting a time constraint. You know, this video is going to be on the screen for whatever, 30 seconds. And, you know, I, I need to say something that falls into a certain part within a, within the time frame or whatever. But other than that, um, you know, it was just sort of reacting to what the character in the, in the video is doing, um, you know, and and um, and and being appropriate to that moment, really being in that moment. So really, so, this character know, gets developed through a series of moments that happen as the gamer not only sees the pre-directed scenes that are sort of moments of pause for the gamer, but during the game itself and reactions that this character, your right. character, Sweet Tooth, um, has towards his game character. Right. So then there's also the in-game audio. So as the gamer is doing things, that's going to, you know, uh, determine what my character says or does or or both. And so, you know, that that has a lot more to do with um, with the real specifics of the moment. So it it might be where the character is, is saying something loud because there could be percussive bombs going off or things of that nature. So there's there's a lot of things that go into uh, the creation of this rather than just, you know, saying stuff. It is um, you have to kind of think of what music might be playing along with it, what the sound effects are, things of that nature. And there are some games that I've done in the past where uh, it can get super layered. You can have as many as 180 different sounds being triggered at once. Wow. And when they say a sound, that could be a single instrument, you know. So um, the games get very complex. And the PS3 is an incredible uh, gaming system to develop on because uh, it, you, can, you, can, you can use the underlying um, uh, instruction set that's built into the PS3 to create all kinds of incredible effects and, um, and g- give your sound realism. Uh, there's built-in surround sound development. Um, it's just really incredible for anybody who's an audio designer. Right. How crazy does this make you when you're behind the mic and you're trying to do these lines that you have to do? Do they tell you what's exactly happening so you have your response to that it and that line I'll, that you deliver? I'll ask sometimes. Uh, I'll guess. I'll you know um, you know sometimes they'll 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 you know they'll tell me specifically. Oh yeah, this is where blah 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 happens or so on and so <laughs> forth. Um, yesterday I went in and I recorded a game for uh, 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 like seven or eight characters for a new Zynga game. And um, so I just had lines. Now, a lot of times on the script, they'll give you lines and they'll tell you what your um, intonation is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, respectfully, fearfully, right. um, 
you know, saying this to his arch enemy. So yesterday they didn't have any interpretations there. It was okay because I had a director standing right there. So no big deal. Um, But it was just interesting to see how I might say a line and then he would say, oh, no, 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 such and such is happening. And then I'm like, ah, okay. So for (laughs) example, when we would do these early games, you know, you might have a line from, say, there's a rug merchant and the rug merchant says, um, you need to go to the big palace and see Habib before you can uh, come come and get a rug. Right. And so then you're, you know, you're tasked with that. There was some simple stuff back then. And then you would have uh, screens where it's like, what are you doing back here? Right. But if you didn't understand the context of what are you doing back here, and that line might be delivered to six different characters. I might be saying that to like, a guy I hate, an enemy, I might be saying it to a beautiful woman or so on and so forth. So you you had to understand the context in which the game, it might that line might come up. Right. And now you do that as well. But sometimes it's written and sometimes it's through the director's direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it can or it can be both. This is the end of part two. Tune in to part three next.